with joy there are psalms for you if your heart is so broken that you're drenching your pillow at night there are psalms for you if you're confused by the state of the world there are psalms for you if you just need to be reminded of who God is and what he's done there's a psalm in there for you the psalms cover the entire range of the human experience how often do you read the Bible weekly Daily? Never? Well, hopefully you didn't answer never. The Bible is the most universal way for God to communicate with you. If you want to know some of the personality of God, it's found in the Bible. And one of the things that the Bible talks about, and Pastor Daniel's going to teach about today, is the availability of God to you. You're going to discover that God's literally a breath or thought away. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Psalms, chapter 19, as he begins his message, Always Learning. How many of you love music? Yeah. I have always loved music so much. But for those of you who've been around for a while, you realize that the way that you've enjoyed music has changed a lot. I remember as a kid, as a little kid, my parents had this old station wagon, like the real ones where like whoever was in trouble was like looking out the back window. That was like my permanent seat in the family station. It was like the wood panels. You guys remember this one? How many of you had one of those bad boys? Yeah. Back in the day, I remember when you'd be in the wood panel station wagon, you were just listening to the radio. Whatever they were putting on, that's what you listened to. And you know how it was. It wasn't even when you had like the digital way to get to the new stations, right? You had to like turn it. You had to turn the knob. There was a couple of them that were like preset, do you remember that? But then you'd hit it and it'd go there, but it would never really kind of dial in. Like, it'd be like, you'd still be tweaking that thing. And I remember, like, you know, as kids, my parents liked their music. I've always made fun of my parents' music because my parents were like the easy listening crowd. Barbara Streisand, Barry Manilow. It was rugged when you were a kid, man. The fact that, you know, it's at the Copacabana. I'm like, oh, what's the Copacabana? I'm like... But I remember, like, we would jam on that stuff, even though we didn't really like it. But then we'd be like, come on, can we change the station? And then every once in a while, my parents would let the kids put on the music. And it was so fun because all of a sudden, you like, a song would be on. You're like, and there's a song with any, like, oh, I wonder what's going to be next. Do you remember what it was like when you just couldn't wait to hear the next song? And all of a sudden, it'd be like your favorite song. And my sisters would squeal. And we'd be rocking out and turn it up, man. And you'd be doing all that. But that didn't last for too long, did it? Because some of you guys, not in your panel station wagon, but a little later, you had a radio with a little 8-track in it. Do you remember that thing? That was like the original Atari cartridge for your video game machine, the 8-track. And you put it in, and you know, the only people who listen to 8-track were people like Leonard Skinner. All of you, right? That's right. How many of you had Skinner on an 8-track? Totally, right? Because you didn't want to wait to see if it was going to come on the radio. You didn't want to wait. You just like popped that thing in and turned it up, and you're like, yeah. But then, how many of you still rock an 8-track today? You have a couple in the garage, maybe, in the basement, in a little box. But then all of a sudden, it gave way to those cassette tapes. 
Now, for those of you who are younger, a cassette tape was this big piece of plastic that had this little, like, little tape in it, you know? And sometimes it would unwind. You have to take a pe- like the right size number two pencil. Like, everyone knows what I'm talking about. All the older folks, you old, we're all old. You had to, like, wind that thing in there. And you get this little cassette tape. And I remember as a little kid, my cousin Craig, who was a big big-haired 80s rocker. He gave me, like, my first cassette tape, and I was rocking out the early metal, the hair metal. You know what I mean? I still got the hair, you know? <laughs> Just needed me a little Aquanet, and we'll be there, you know? And I remember, if you really cared about someone, you gave them, like, a mixtape. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was, like, a thing, right? Like, where you'd sit there, and you'd, like, literally, like, choose the songs, and there was always that last song that got cut off when you got to the end of the tape on side A, Am I the only one who knows about this? But that doesn't last for too long. Because then at some point, they're like, man, these cassette tapes, this is a mess. Let's get this thing called a compact disc. <laughs> now, I know some of you kids, you don't even know what a compact disc is. You've never even seen one before. But it was like, it was like a little frisbee and had music on it. It was so cool. And you had compact discs. But I'll never forget what happened. I remember when they digitized music. I literally remember watching a recap of Steve Jobs pulling out the first iPod. You know, what's funny is I actually still have a first-generation iPod in my car. It still works. It's amazing, man. It's like straight-up retro. But you move from just listening and hoping it shows up on the radio to now, all of a sudden, you have, like, your entire music library. Now, back in the day, they had, like, 16 gigs. Now, for many of us, our telephones have more music on it than anybody ever owned, like, 30 years ago. And it's even to the point today that if you want to listen to music, there's subscriptions like Apple Music or Amazon Music or Spotify where you own every song. You're just like, what song do I want to listen to right now? And if you're like me and you love music, sometimes you like, like to roll back down memory lane of the tunes you used to like. You're like, ooh, I wonder if that album is in there. And then you find it and you listen to it. You're like, ooh, I like that BC before Jesus. I probably shouldn't be listening to this right now. But we moved from a time where you were at the mercy of whoever was, whatever radio station you were listening to, to now we live in a day and age where everything is on demand. You get it when you want it. And that's not only true for music, that's also true for television and movies. You know, it used to be if you missed the news, you had to wait for the newspaper the next morning. If you wanted to watch a movie, you'd either go to the movie theater Right? Or if it was on TV, you had to organize your life about being home at that time and negotiating all the movie desires, right? But now everything is on demand. It's at a click of a button. You want that TV show? You can watch all 38 seasons in one weekend if there's enough time. Because now we live in a day and age where everything is on demand when I want it. I can have it. Now, what's amazing about this, of course, is that our relationship with God has always been on demand. You didn't need to wait for a certain time. It's not like God, like a professor, held office hours. If you missed the eight o'clock prayer time, God wasn't going to hear your prayers. And so much about our lives as we grow spiritually is this reality that the relationship that we get to experience with God is something that is there for us if we were to but say, I want that in my life. And so today we're starting a new series called On Demand, and we're going to be looking at the Psalms, various Psalms. I'll be honest with you, I just love the Psalms, because the Psalms are the songbook of Israel. 
It was the songs of humanity. And the reason the Psalms can be so powerful is because literally you can find a Psalm for wherever you are in the world. If you're overwhelmed with joy, there are Psalms for you. If your heart is so broken that you're drenching your pillow at night, there are Psalms for you. If you're confused by the state of the world, there are Psalms for you. If you just need to be reminded of who God is and what he's done, there's a psalm in there for you. The psalms cover the entire range of the human experience. When we're bewildered by God and when we are in awe of God, there are psalms for this. And so we're going to allow the psalms to be our on-demand media, so to speak. Memorize it. Allow it to minister to you afresh. So today, to get this on-demand series going, I want you to open up to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Now, what I love about Psalm 19 and why I wanted to start this series here is because what you're going to find in Psalm 19 is that God is interested in revealing himself to each one of us. Some will call that life is God's self-disclosure to us. If we are aware, awake, and available. And I think that's the biggest thing, that God wants to reveal himself to us and in us and through us, but we have to show up for it. We have to desire it. Like, you can have a subscription to on-demand media, but if you never actually go to watch anything, it's just a subscription that you have. And in the same way, God is seeking to disclose who he is to us, but we have to show up and say, God, I want to know you. God, I desire to grow in grace. And so we have the opportunity, but we need to add a heart that is desirous of that. Now, I'm here to tell you, you should desire God more than anything in life. Because in God, we live and move and have our being. But one of the great struggles of our day is we live in an age of such distraction. So much distraction. And so we're going to unpack this. But really what we see in Psalm 19 is there are three types of revelation that God has given us that are all designed for us to know who God is, to know what God is all about, and to walk with God in grace. And so picking up Psalm 19, verse 1, it says this, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament or the skies or the expanse shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. Verse 3, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Now, really what we learn here, and really this is the first type of revelation, is that creation has much to teach us. Because really what we learn here is that the first type of revelation that we see here is almost God's general revelation in creation. That all that you see, all that God has made reveals to us 
who God is. Notice verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament or the skies or the expanse shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Now I realize like we live here in the Pacific Northwest. Can I get an amen? And there's nothing quite like the summers in the PNW. Can I get an amen? And again, I know we had like a little bit of an early summer this year, but I always like to joke that we go from winter to spring, and then normally go from spring to Mordor. <laughs> Anybody know the Lord of the Rings reference? Mordor, right? Where it's like everything is just great. It's like we go from winter to spring, and then spring to like we are socked in with wet and clouds, and it's just like... And how many of you are like, man, get me out of Mordor. Like, please, where's my hobbits? Like, get me out of here, man. But we had this early summer where the sun came out early, but there's nothing quite like the summers in the Pacific Northwest. You're going to leave service today. Those of you online, you're going to go out of your house after the service is over. And man, that sun is just raging in the sky. And you can see Mount Hood. You can see Mount St. Helens. See the beautiful green trees and the hills. All of it declares God's glory. It all does. And we need to be the kind of people who are very aware of the fact that all that God has created reveals to us, in a general sense, who he is. Is there anything like a night sky when the moon comes out? There's no clouds in the sky, and you can see all, there's constellations, and there's stars, and you need to sit out there. And because we live in the Northwest, you know, by and large, we're not living in, like, the concrete urban jungle. There's not a lot of lights. You get, you get a little bit out of even the most populated areas, and it's, like, pitch black. I remember when I first moved here from the San Francisco Bay Area, I mean, I get lost everywhere. Because, like, I'm like, well, I don't even know where we are. Is there a street sign around here? All of a sudden, you drive, you're, like, in populated areas, and all of a sudden, there's alpacas. I didn't even know what an alpaca was. I'm like, what is that little llama thing? Someone's like, that's an alpaca. I'm like, I didn't know that there was an alpaca, you know? There's cows in the fields, you know? It's just it's an amazing thing. But listen, you have to realize that God's plan was always to reveal himself to us in creation. All you have to do is go back to Genesis chapter 1. That beautiful account of creation that your Bible begins with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We realize that on the second day of creation, he created the firmament or the skies. By the time you get to the fourth day of creation, he creates the sun and the moon. And all of these are references right here in the first six verses of Psalm 19, that God has revealed himself to us in a general way in all that he's created. I love this, day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Now, this is fascinating because, you know, the Psalms are songs and so there's a lot of poetry in there. Really what he's saying is that God reveals himself to us in creation with a wordless speech. You hear what I just said there? That's a deep thought. You have to think about that. 
that creation, it's a wordless speech. And what's amazing is the Apostle Paul picks up on this and explains this to us in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. As the Apostle Paul speaks about the ills of a society where God is not honored, and Romans chapter 1 has a lot to speak to us today about the circumstances in which we're living. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness to men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because, listen to this, What may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Paul is saying, and this he's talking about, 2,000 years ago, it means as much today, even though people suppress the truth of God and unrighteousness, us going our own ways in the world, he says that all people are without excuse because who God is is on display in the things that he has made. So all it takes is for us to go out and see what God has made and we become very aware of God's eternal power God's attributes, because we see it in all that he has created. And we are part of that creation. When you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, you have a manifest revelation of God by your ability to see that you are even there. So for each one of us, we have to realize that creation is designed to teach us who God is to show us who he is. Now, I think it's important we have to make the case, especially in our day and age, that creation is not God. Look at the person that you say, creation is not God. Because there are people who are like, man, I am a tree-hugging dirt worshiper. You ever see that bumper sticker? I know some of you got that on your cars here. You pagans. <laughs> now listen, don't get me wrong. Hug a tree. I mean, what's the big deal? I mean, we need more hugs and less war. Can I get an amen? Yeah. We need more wag and less bark, people. Okay? Like, so hug a tree, great. But don't worship a tree. Okay? Enjoy it for what it is, but don't worship it. The other thing is, people say this all the time. They're like, listen, being in nature is my church. Now, I'm going to tell you, church is a called out group of people. So don't let nature be your church, people. You need church to be your church. Humans are supposed to be church. Now you can say, I experience the presence of God as I enjoy nature. That's exactly what Psalm 19 says. That's exactly what Genesis chapter 1 says. We should be in awe of God when we are in nature. But don't call it your church. Because church is people. Church is people you can serve, who can serve you, who you can share your life with. So we have to make sure we make some of these distinctions because if we begin to worship creation, if you read more of Romans chapter one, he tells us that one of the mistakes we make when we suppress the truth and the righteousness, we worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. So what happens is when we won't embrace this God who created everything and sustains everything, then we'll start making exchanges. 
where we'll say, oh, my focus is on the creature that's been created rather than the creator. And that exchange, then the entire tone and course of our lives start having issues. And many of us know what that's like. We've done that. So we have to remember here that creation has much to teach us. Now, what's beautiful is by the time you get into the middle of verse 4, verse 5, and verse 6, David, in writing this psalm, really he chooses one picture to really point to how God reveals himself in creation, and that is the sun. Look at what it says, middle of verse 4. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit is to the other end and there is nothing hidden from its heat. I love that. Now you have to realize that the sun is such a powerful example because it's constant. You see the sun every day and even on a cloudy day, even though we can't see the sun, you know it's there, right? Sometimes when we're in that kind of that Mordor season, if I go on an airplane, you go up above the cloud cover, you're like, oh, it's still here, right? But every morning when the sun comes up, David's like, the sun is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. Very vivid picture. It's like the guy got married and he was able to consummate his marriage with his bride. And the next morning he comes out, he's like, yeah. (laughs) Hey, I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what it says. That the sun comes out in the morning and it's like, yes, I'm here. All right. Or if you don't like that picture, you're like, I don't like that picture, Pastor Daniel. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with the Holy Spirit. I didn't write it. But then there's also the picture of the champion, right? It's like when Michael Phelps, to use a current example, remember the most decorated swimmer, Olympian in history, when Michael Phelps made his way up onto the starting stocks for swimming, I don't even think they call it stocks. I just hope I don't drown when I swim. But when he shows up, everyone's like, oh man, there he is, Michael Phelps. Somebody who's just so good at it. He's like a champion ready for his race. The favorite who shows up, like, let's do this. And the son is like that. And the key for us is to realize that we need to make sure that we are seeing who God is in creation. Now, can I just say this? And we're going to talk about this more. I mentioned this idea of distractions. Up until this generation here, people would appreciate nature. Now there's beautiful things and we are like this. There's a sunset we're like. And what's amazing is, is, let's just be honest about it. All the research that's coming out We don't see anything anymore. Do you ever see that meme on the internet? I love that one, where it's like, everyone's at a concert, and there's all these people with their phones up, and there's like one older person just standing there, and it's like, who's the psycho? Because we live in a day and age where rather than experiencing life, we want to take a picture or a video of life, and we miss out on the experience of it. My friends, we all need to divorce our devices. I'm not saying don't use it. I'm not saying we should become tin hat people, please. There's enough of that in the body of Christ. Can we just say we are anti-tin hat Christians here? You shouldn't be a Christian and be the kind of person who's like, man, cars are bad and everything's bad and life is bad and so let's not do anything. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, is that the phone is a good tool when it is used within reason. Jesus is 
There are so many things to enjoy about creation. The beauty of the sun as it arcs across the sky. The pleasure of a tree as it shades you when the sun gets a little too warm. So many aspects of this world we live in. Pastor Daniel taught about the importance of enjoying the world around us, but remembering that there is a creator behind it all. Worshiping him and not what he made will help keep our perspective on life correct. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will finish out his teaching called Always Learning. As he continues through Psalm 19, he'll show the importance that creation has in teaching you about God and his character. You'll be challenged to walk the line between ignoring creation by spending too much time on your devices on the one side and the worship of creation on the other. Balance is the key. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called On Demand. Next time, until then, may God bless.